everyone. Welcome to another episode of Your List, My Command. I'm your host, Dave. I'm here with Derek, and I'm just going to start off this episode. We are we're going to talk about a movie named Mirror from 1975, directed by Andrei Tarkovsky, which was on Derek's list, so I chose this for him, and I, I chose it mainly because I blind-bought it on Criterion and wanted to watch it, um, and I've heard, like, not just good things about this, but like, you know, such effusive praise that you kind of can't ignore it. Like one of the greatest films ever made in a different category than any film ever made. Like this is the type of praise we're talking about. And I just want to get out in front of this before we start <laughs> is that I'm this is maybe the most intimidated I've ever been talking about a movie on a podcast. Hmm. Like it is. It, I was I was talking to my girlfriend about this and. I told her it's like watching this movie for a quote-unquote normal movie viewer I think is a little bit like if you took someone who had never heard a song and made them listen to like the most complex symphony ever created. That's what this is like. Like, yes, it is a movie. It is, you know, it is moving pictures and sound, but like it is kind of in a different category. It's more philosophy. It's like, you know, we to get like pompous about it. Right. There is that whole like, oh, what's the difference between a movie and a film? And Mm. when 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 does it become that? And when is it art versus entertainment? This is not entertainment like this was not created for entertainment. This was an art piece. This is a memory piece. This is philosophy. This is, and a lot of, a lot of reviewers have talked about how it's much more like a piece of music than it is a piece of film. Um, So yeah, a little intimidated to talk about this. Um, Derek and I talked a little bit um, in the last couple of days about it. And Derek was being a jerk (laughs) and was like, you're going to explain all this to me, right? And I was like, no, sir. Mm-hmm. I I am not I do not have the facilities to do that. This this might be beyond me, but we're gonna get into it. So Derek, why was this on your list? Like, yeah, I picked it, but this was one of your fifty that you were like, nah, this all right, time time to do the homework. I got I this is a movie I have to watch. So how did you get how did you land on Mirror? Well Dave, I'm impressed with your level of humility that I don't know if I've Ever seen or heard on any podcast it's very, ever. It's very rare for a white male <laughs> podcaster about film to ever talk about being intimidated by anything. I'm utterly yeah. – I've been I have in a greater state of shock in this moment than in anything I, you know, observed watching Mirror. So there you go. Okay. Kudos to you, Dave. Dave, uh, Dave better than Tarkovsky. Dave's having a better level of introspection <laughs> right now than Tarkovsky ever could have. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um – I kind of like you, right? I had it's it's one of those. Um, even though I haven't been part of film Twitter or uh, you know podcasting on uh, about film for mm-hmm. very very long, I've always had a, 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 an appreciation for films or movies, however you want to call them, as an aesthetic, as a as a piece of art. And so, uh, you know, even growing up, I would look up random lists of of. Greatest of all time, greatest romances, greatest comedies, AFIs, blah, 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 and had kind of familiarized myself with a number of them um, and had never even heard of Mirror. Uh, it wasn't until I was looking up some some international um, film lists and uh, the two films I kept coming across were um, A Tokyo Story and this, uh, Mirror. So... It's like, wow. Both on your list, right? Both I on believe your list. so. I believe Tokyo Story yeah. is on my list as well. Um, my thought being, and 
if this is going to kind of hold true, especially for today. If it wasn't on something like this, not sure if I'd ever, uh, would, would really actively come across the idea of wanting to sit down and, and have right. this experience. And, um, and so that was really, that was the rationale. Right? And that's why I wanted to make sure that it was on, you know, my particular list. Um, and like you said, it was a film that you owned and I was like, this will be, this will be right down in Dave's alley. You, this is about as try hard movie going experiences <laughs> as you oh, can yeah. get. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you are not wrong. Yeah. Like, okay. So let's talk about Tarkovsky for a second. Um, so Tarkovsky is, I think we've talked about this. He made in his entire career, he made seven films. He made five in under the steel curtain of the Soviet Union. Um, so all of his movies essentially had to be at some level approved yeah. by a regime that was not exactly focused on art and expression um, to the point that like this movie, I guess it got released in it. They have like kind of a second tier of releases where it only gets released to so many. And if the government decides that you have wasted, cause they fund all these movies. And if they decide that you have wasted their time and money, that they will make you pay a, f- a fee for for wasting our time with a movie like Mirror. So this is the type of. So are you saying Paddington Two would never be released if it were a Russian film? You know, uh, I've never really felt like I um, related to that period of Soviet <laughs> history. But you're right, and maybe a better time than we. You can in. align yourself politically. Uh, <laughs> the one time with Soviet Russia. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> Dig right, in. That's right. I'll do it. Absolutely. Um, so, and Tarkovsky is a director, like, I think if you are at all a cinephile, someone who appreciates film, like, you've heard the name, even if you've probably never seen anything by him. And that's the, that's the spot I was in for years and years and years and years. I think the first Tarkovsky movie I saw was Solaris, and that was, I mean, less than five years ago. Um pretty recently but it's and i think because he's one of those directors where you're like okay this isn't gonna be fun but it's gonna be worth it let me uh, let me buckle down so when are you in the mood to do that literally never like you've ne- you're never in the mood to i mean not never but you're very rarely in the mood to watch an art film like a pure sure. art film um well and you know even even to that point, right? Like growing up in a small community, as we we talk about all mm. the time, the level of accessibility to a Tarkovsky film from nineteen seventy five, no, Non-existent. absolutely not. There were two, um, uh, mo- you know, movie stores essentially rental uh, shops in our hometown. One that you know Mike Dennison worked at, so I wasn't going to that one. And oh, no. no, couldn't be caught dead at a place that would no, hire no. someone like I that. Stay in the pervy area, uh, or, or and then there's another one called Budget Video. Budget Video. That's that's the only place that I would go to rent movies growing up. And so, you know, you're just not going to come across. Um, anything of, of that sort. And so for me, it was, well, you, you're going to have to be, you know, in your twenties, um, you know, being able to actually go somewhere to, to seek these things out before we got to, you know, streaming media, things of that nature. And so you can look up these things growing up, uh, you know, if you're from, you know, an area like this, but the, just having the access isn't, it's not there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I watched Solaris, which I really liked. Um, and then I moved on like, a year later to Stalker, uh, which we've talked about, I think is one of the 
not only one of the greatest movies ever made, but the, one of the greatest pieces of art that I've ever witnessed. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, but as I said, he's only made seven movies, and I do feel like I kind of need a long break <laughs> in between. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I know people yeah. have done this where they, like, have a podcast and they do, like, we're going to do a Tarkovsky month. And I'm like, fuck, the fuck you are. Like, good luck, buddy. Because, like... For me, like, regardless of the length of the movies, like, these do feel like marathons, like, because they are delving deep into, essentially into the human psyche. Like, that's that's right. what we're taking a look at, right? Which is amazing to me that these ever got produced in Soviet Russia, like, these movies. So, um, so and Mirror was the one that's kind of been on my list, as you mentioned. It's been on all these best of lists and all that. And then, of course, Criterion put it out. So, I'm like, okay, here's my excuse I'll buy it, I'll put it on my shelf, and I'll watch it in 10 years, and I'll get to it eventually. But then it was on your list, so I'm like, okay, right. okay, let's, welcome. let's let's dive in. And I'm, this I swear to you, this is not me avoiding talking about the movie, but I am very curious to hear your reaction specifically to it, because as I remember, you've never seen a Tarkovsky movie before this one, and I just want to apologize, because <laughs> uh, like, I started thinking like, if this was my first Tarkovsky mm-hmm. movie, like I'll be like, "What, Dave? What are you yep. doing to me?" Like I don't like. I think Solaris is a good place to start because it is heady stuff and it is detailed and complex, but it's essentially a, a science fiction story. Right. And and there's a there's an easy buy into that if you're into that genre. This I don't I don't even know what you call this as far as genre. I don't. It's just mirror. It just is what it Dave, is. Dave, I have so nothing. Was, I have nothing to say about this movie. All that lead in, all that build up, and I'm sitting here thinking, I really hope he knows that when he like throws it back to me, I'm going to say, mm-hmm, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, it is, and, and to your point, you're right, I've, I've never seen any of his previous films, right? Uh, I at least took the opportunity to watch a trailer here or there to familiarize sure. myself with, with something about him, which is still you know not that telling, but I do... I'm going to make the assumption that his other films at least follow a more linear plot to some yes. degree, I guess relative, we'll they're, say relative. They're still, they're still convoluted and confusing, yes. but this is definitely on a different level. So yes, I would, I would definitely agree with so far of the other two that I've seen. Right. I think this is, is <laughs> to your point. I mean, it, it is an incredibly intimidating film to hop on and talk about because it feels like a film that. You know, even the folks that are that have had years and years and years of like you know cinema history training or film or film theory would struggle mm-hmm. with, and oh, yeah. instead of a guy who's hey, I like movies a lot, I might see thirty of them. <laughs> uh, why don't we why don't we talk about a movie that that uh, kind of is of course not in nonlinear it completely that every single scene. And, and when I was looking this up, every single scene or set of scenes is pretty much like a poem, um, and, and is described in that way. But then intermixed I was gonna with, say it literally is a poem. Literally, a <laughs> yes. it's, it's literally a poem, and it is a almost a microcosm of of an of any of our memories, right? That your memories, yes. when you replay them in your mind, how do you see them? Um, mm-hmm. Are those narratives written by your actual experiences? Are they written by the things that were going on around you socially at that time? Social, mm-hmm. social, socio-politically, excuse me, uh, around that period? Like, when he, when you intersperse, when you have the intersection of his youth with the war, um, 
how much of those memories were things that he was present for versus some of the, the, the clips of the war itself. And those things that he saw, that he's now 40-some years old, he's reliving them in his mind. Did you really have those experiences, or are those things that secondarily or indirectly uh, that got absorbed into that space for you? I often think of, and, and when, um, and you'll, you know, you can speak to this as well. When you talk about, um, you know, developmental psychology, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how so many of these theorists basically suggest that your life is in separate volumes, right? right. Like developmental tracks develop, regardless of who you're talking about. They're often talking about this, you know, this zero to two or this two to five or two right. to seven or whatever the hell. Right. Erickson and all right, that Piaget, stuff. all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, and again, you said this. You said this film is a very philosophical in nature. He is <clears throat> unpacking, right? Tarkovsky is unpacking in some regard three major volumes of his life, um, and the perception of those volumes through his eyes, through what he assumes are his mother's eyes, and it's not his job to explain his life to you. That's how I feel right. about this film. It doesn't make yeah, sense. It's yeah. not his job. He, he's saying, hey, here's my, and I used to tell students like this uh, all the time. I'd say, those volumes of your life, it's like if you lined up A through Z of the old Encyclopedia Britannica and said, pull out B, and this might be a two-year period of my a- adolescence. And if you open that up, you'll see some some things that happened to me in, in this particular period. It's like he's laying out these three volumes of his life and... He may have ripped the pages out and the, you know, they may be scattered everywhere. Zero context. Zero context. But he says, if you're interested in wanting to have an open door to how I saw things in my life, here you go. Good luck. Right. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) And this is actually like, I, I love that you brought that up because this is, this is something that I really love about Tarkovsky as a filmmaker that a lot of people can't stand. And I get it. He's he's one of those directors that like I don't he's not a director I like hey a random friend of mine you should check it no no this is like mm-hmm. I feel like like if I were to have had you watch Stalker I might have like prepped you I might have been like okay right. here's how you go into this like here's here's the mindset you need to have because it really is it does need that um, so but he refuses to hold your hand. He refuses to explain anything. Would you say this is one of the least hand-holdy films you've ever seen? I think this is the least right, the definitive film yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. And I don't even think it's close. Um, I think the only American director in that sense who is close to that, like, no, you're just going to have to figure it out. It's probably David Lynch. Hmm. Um Lynch and of course Lynch is I think much more accessible than Tarkovsky. There's always something to kind of hold on to with a Lynch movie. Right. Um, most I think there's maybe one or two that are like, oh, like what are we? What are we doing here? And one thing I love about David Lynch is in interviews all the time they'll ask him, uh, "What was that about?" And he's like, "I'm not going to tell you. It's about what you think it's about. Figure it out. Like once I make the movie, I'm done. So right. it's yours now. Figure it out." And that's something that I've been wrestling with as I'm thinking about this movie is not trying to look at it in terms of figuring out what Tarkovsky meant, but figuring out what it means for me um, mm. as I go through it. As you know, it is a lot about memory and how, and we know this as people who have studied psychology about how 
how silly the idea of memory is and how uh, how it slips through your fingers the more you try to grasp it. Like, it's just like, no, you. there is no true memory. There is no objective memory. It's colored by your experience. And, like, I, I think if you watch this movie, it is going to tell you something about your relationship with your own mother. Like, it just, this is what this movie is about in a lot of ways. And I knew I was kind of in for it when I was watching this movie from the very first scene. There's a scene with essentially young Tarkovsky watching his television, and there's this woman helping this person with a stammer not to talk with a stammer, right? And you're watching it going like, what? What What are we in for? And it's something that didn't really – and I was kind of racking my brain during the movie and right after me, like, what does this mean? It's got to mean something. Like, what is the – what is this introduction? And and it helped me when I, like – stood back from it and like didn't think about it for a couple of days. So I'm actually like very glad that we, cause we did hold off this recording so you could actually focus on it while your child wasn't running around. Cause this, this is a movie that does demand your attention. It does. Even if, and even with your attention, there are moments where you're like, ha, I, I got nothing on that past man. I, I, I'm glad that means something to you, Andre, but, to, but to me, listen, uh, we've already made uh, it longer in this episode than we thought we would. So yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're doing, this is all, this is all gravy at this point. But so there's a moment in there where she essentially it feels like hypnotism, mm. right? Where she, and then I'm going to snap my fingers and you're you're going to speak and you'll be fine. Um, and to me, like this, this shows what memory is actually like. Like if you look back to your childhood and you think about going from not being able to speak to when you're ten and speaking clearly and like with a relatively decent vocabulary, it feels like it happens in the blink of an eye. It feels like it happens with the snap of a finger, but there's so much more work that goes into it. And that's, and this movie is the work. This movie is the memory of that to like start off when you're a child and get to adulthood. Cause by the end of this movie, you put at least some things together, but when you look back at your life, you're like, yeah, it just happened. This right. thing happened and this thing happened, this thing happened. So that, that introduction is kind of, to me, like, I mean, this sounds again, pompous, but it's like a microcosm of life. Like that sequence kind of defines the rest of the movie. Like, it's like, here's your thesis for the film, and now we're going to delve into the philosophy of it, and I'm going to actually show it to you. Well, and I think, again, that's why it is, you know, from the critic's perspective, seen as such a juggernaut of, of cinema. It, I mean, and I, even that sounds like I'm underselling it, right? Like, in at least right. in how it's perceived. And so when you say something like, this is the story of... Not just Tarkovsky's life, but this is the story of life. It sounds like, all right, Dave, like, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but again, you you really just laid something out about this film that, uh, and I think thematically we're kind of talking about some of the same things about just unpacking life and and the progression of life and the those the various narratives that that get impacted along the way. But when you said something to the effect of almost. Like your life happens, uh, and you don't make sense of it oftentimes until after right. the fact, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole nother dimension of discussion that I think he presents for us, right? And I, I think, again, this is the, this is why it is seen as such a great film because these, the elements of these discussions, right, are things that I didn't think about beforehand. I didn't hop on this. Honestly, I didn't hop on with any sort of interpretation that I'd be able to share anything. 
And, <laughs> you know, so when you... It is that kind of it movie. It is that kind it. of movie. But then when you say, well, think about life. Think about even that opening scene. Think about not understanding things in your own life in the moment and then making sense of it um, to such a degree as you age that it helps to establish a framework for how you go through a similar journey, right? Like, like points of reference. I don't understand how to maybe reconcile pain First time I lose someone at the age of 15, 16, or 17, a grandmother passes away, a family friend, or, or whatever, uh, and it's inconceivable to experience life without that person. But when it happens again at 28 or 35, I can start to make sense of these things because I have almost like a cachet of how to deal with grief, right? Making right. sense of things in the moment is often... Not just an impossible thing, but I think it's an unreasonable thing. And maybe that's mm. what Tarkovsky's saying. He's saying, it's unreasonable. If we're talking about unpacking my life, it's unreasonable for you, the viewer, who didn't even experience it, to be able to necessarily always understand what's going on. Maybe you'll have a greater understanding yeah. uh, on a second or third watch, which is a great way to get people to watch this yeah, film multiple yeah. Maybe times. you'll get it if you come on back. If you come on back... <laughs> Just let these things be compartmentalized and let them be their own specific pieces. And then mm-hmm. you can, you can find where each sheet needs to go later on. And then, and, and again, I, I do relate to that because I do look back at things, uh, in my own life all the time, right? Like that's, that's just something that we do. I, I remember the other day my wife was talking some, was saying something about college and how she would do college differently. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, okay. And guess what? Get in line. Me too. Everybody else I know. Yeah. Right. And, and I, Me too. I right. Me too. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed my college experience. It's still one of my favorite periods of my life. I tend to overly romanticize those five years that I was there. Um, and <laughs> I had changed majors a lot. Um, and she, uh, you know, it was a way of normalizing it for her, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, saying, Hey, listen, we all get like past a certain period in our life and we look back and, and some, you know, sometimes we do say, well, that, that period sucked or that was a horrible relationship or, or this was something that wasn't for me. But a lot of times we, we find some, some silver lining in these various experiences that we can't even go back to touch again. Um, and this may be the closest for Tarkovsky. This may have been the closest he would have ever come to being able to, to actually tangibly, you know, put hands on these moments of his life. And if that's how he chooses to do it, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful way to observe these things. I mean, we, like this, every scene feel, and I know we talked about it being similar to, um, to music, uh, but every scene feels like a painting in its own way mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Right. Like the, the scene with the, the, you know, the barn on fire with the, like the rain oh. behind it. Oh my God. gosh! It you know the dream sequence where the mother you know, she's putting she's putting her head in the water and like all of those things are you're, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Yeah, like so. Here's the thing: is that I think you know I'm gl- I'm glad you started to bring up the visuals because that was actually the next thing in my head to bring up because as we talk about this at this very heady up here level, it can feel like okay, so. That's great. Why should I read this as opposed to like reading philosophy <laughs> yes, yeah. or like listening to a great piece of music? And that sequence that you just mentioned with the the mother and the water, like 
it struck me as such a not only a beautiful image but also like mildly horrific like it looks ripped straight from a horror film like you know uh you know the the first thing i thought of of course because of the hair covering the face is something like the ring mm. um like it's like very and like the way that i don't know if this was a choice or like the way she was directed but the way she held her hands like her knuckles were like so taut and all the you'd see the the cords and the muscles in her hand and it's just stunning to look at and that that other sequence that you mentioned with the barn on fire like is i mean sometimes you watch a movie and you're like ah i'm going to forget that in a couple of days this ain't that fucking movie like there are several images in here that are going to be stuck in my head for years like just i'm going to think back to this and even a kinder gentler image there's a there's imagery of the like the wind just kind of rippling through the fields um, when you have that kind of introduction of his mother, which you don't know that's who that is at the beginning of this, but just this like serene but also disturbing sequence. You know, you, it, there, the the wind going through it doesn't feel just like wind. It feels like there is a force. There is something behind it. Um, so you're, I think, as someone who's watched a lot of movies, especially someone who's watched horror movies, you are kind of on edge during that sequence and it is very strange because like there's nothing else that should put you on edge the rest of it is very sweet and even funny when the like fence breaks underneath them i was gonna say aren't you on edge even when he shows up like when yeah i mean just this strange man you know like hey show me your house like it's like oh oh this is uh, this is very uncomfortable and you brought up the idea of you know not being able to change things and it kind of stirred something in me when you mentioned that so i'm very glad that you did is the fact that this is yes this is tarkovsky's story but the the kind of the structure of it is all poetry as you mentioned and if you go back and like look at the actual individual poems these are poems from a man dying a man at the end of his life and he can't change anything um so there's a weird bit of hope in this movie because you have that structure but you also have the voiceover from Tarkovsky and he makes it very clear that it's him you know his name is in there and and when there's a shot from his perspective you see the movie posters of his films are scattered around this room so it's very clearly him so he's not dying but he is older he is looking back at his life and figuring out the mistakes that he has made and I love the fact that it doesn't paint Tarkovsky in a good light you know, he doesn't, he's, he's that, it's that stereotypical, like, maybe this is just a European thing, like the, the whole, like, ah, you never call your mother, like, you need to, like, I think of that <laughs> as, like, a stereotypically, like, Jewish uh, guilt thing, mm-hmm. but, like, maybe it's just, like, a European thing, because you get that, too, and you get that he's made mistakes, you get that he's had, you know, uh, troubled romantic relationships, troubled friendships, all of this, it never, he never, like, dives into the level where he's like, oh, but I'm not at fault here. Right. Like, no, no, you know, and, and I admire that in a filmmaker who's, who's making essentially a film about his own life. And it's interesting, I actually just watched on the Criterion, there's a, like a 30 minute interview with the co-writer of the script, um, with Tarkovsky. And it kind of talked about how he had to beg him to make this movie because he didn't want to make it. Like, he was just like, nah, it's too... I mean, if you read the script, would you would you jump to make this? No, if I read the script, this movie would never have been made. Like, I was like, no, no. Because he kind of talks about this interview about how, like, ah, nobody cares about your science fiction bullshit. (laughs) Nobody cares about all your plot this and plot that. Uh and, And he essentially says a similar thing to what we brought up, is that, like, this is life itself. 
in a film. Like, just just put it out there. Like, that's what this is about. This is about all our lives and the mistakes that we have made and where we go from here. And, like, and there was, he also talked about the, the guy who worked for the Soviet government who approved this was like, you know, we have freedom of expression in this country. But not like this. What are you? What? What is happening here? Which, which, from a outside perspective, I kind of get it. Like, right. I am so glad that this movie exists. I am so glad it was made in the way that it was made because it did. It's it's one of those movies. Like we talked about, how it it's going to affect you the more distance you get from it. Um, because as I watched it, I'll be honest, I was mostly confused. Um, like just kind of like what? Like really struggling with it. And it's not a movie that's going to come together at the end for you. It's not a movie that like, oh, and then this happens and it all, oh, now it makes sense. All the pieces in it. No, it ain't that kind of movie. No. It's a movie that you do have to sit with and you do have to think about. And if you're the type of viewer that doesn't like to sit and think about movies on a deep level, then you are going to hate this movie. Like it is, it is, it's obtuse. It is purposefully frustrating. Like I think, I think. Tarkovsky would love the fact that people really struggle with this. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, me too. I struggle with this too. Welcome to my world. I don't know if there... Honestly, I don't know if there is a way to go about sitting and watching this film in any way. I don't care if you are well-studied in, you know, Russian literature from the 18th century. Um, I, it, Might help, but... It, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you're going to be like, oh, I, I know, you know, Pushkin or whoever the hell, you know... You don't ask me, I don't read books. Um, but I'm just, I'm just not getting around to like American books, like Grapes of Wrath and all the other. That is a book, right? What do, what do, what do they teach you in your schools? God, we, God we bless. read Great Gatsby five times. Um, oh, God. What are the worst, quote unquote, great American novels ever published? Congratulations. Withering Hots. Yeah, I only like better. that because of the Kate Bush song, I'll be honest. So, well, that, look hey, at me, cultured. Takes, I'm so cultured, to Dave. bring you in. I love it. Kate Bush. Yeah, she's, you, that's I'm my like, favorite. That's my favorite female artist of all time. You know this, right? That's why we podcast. This together. is why This is why I have to, when we do podcasts, I have to tell people that, that Derek is black. Because, mm. like, if you said that, no one would, no one would oh, yeah. immediately go there. No. Like, I had a roommate once right? walked in on me watching Kate Bush GIFs. Uh, it was the first time meeting him. And he was, and I was listening to uh, uh, Cloud Busting, I think. And he walked okay. in and okay. like, this is, this is like the mid-2000s. C- completely confused. So, well, if I, mid 2000s in Kentucky, I don't think Kate Bush was really, I don't think this was her area. See, like, I, I don't think, but if I were to here. make my own mirror, right, people would mm. sit down and be completely confused by this black director, uh, who's <laughs> not presenting you with like a boys in the hood. It's me dancing with Kate Bush. <laughs> Hey, same thing. See, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Kate Bush. Kate Bush. I mean, yeah, there's NWA, Kate Bush. Crossover. No crossover artist. Um, <laughs> Off the rails. We're off the rails. <laughs> this is, I, I will say this, that, uh, and, and you mentioned it like being confused when you first watched it. I wasn't just confused. I hated it. Uh, and yeah, I wanted okay. to make myself like it. Like I did. I really had a desire to. And I don't think that I really grew in that appreciation until the end. And it was something that you mm-hmm. had said. So I'll give you a little bit of credit here. You had said something to the effect of, if I just you, essentially watching it just to have the like experiencing what you're seeing without asking questions, 
And mm-hmm. when I was able to do that, and I think that's probably one of the hardest things to do if you are someone who likes movies, like yes. in general, like you mm-hmm. want connected dots, you want things to follow some flow that you're used to. You want it to kind of follow a three act structure. Um, all of mm-hmm. those things you want closure, a conclusion, you want something to make sense, all of these things. And to sit those things aside allowed me to immerse myself in the, again, the experience itself. And it is one of those that, you know, I enjoy this film more now talking about it. And this is a rare thing, honestly, I think going into a, a recording, you know, a podcast talking about a film with friends, you're kind of, you've kind of already dug your heels in on where you, where you lie on that line. Did you love it? Was it an okay film? Was it something that you'll never go back and see again? And I think for me going into it, I was optimistic that, you know, okay, maybe we'll record this. So I'll have a little bit better understanding of what the hell I watched. I don't think that I do have that, but I still have a greater appreciation for the experience right. that I had. Um, and I think it is something that I absolutely would again, recommend to any, you know, quote unquote cinephile, um, and it is something that I do want to go see again, um, at some point with, I don't know, any more sober eyes, but just with a, uh, a lightened load of expectation for what I should be seeing in a movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, this is, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it to kind of wrap things up, but Mirror is the type of movie that is the reason that I'm obsessed with movies. Like, if every movie had a three-act structure and, like, we always sit around, like, cinephiles always sit around, well, I saw that coming and, like, this is mm. what that genre does and blah, blah, blah. But then when you put a movie like this in front of them, they're like, what? <laughs> what in the fuck is going? I don't understand. And, like, and I had that reaction, but it's all, but, like, to me, like, that excites me when I'm, I feel like I'm seeing something. That's that- kinky, Dave. Like you like that's the right. unexpected right. blindfold Dave. That's what he likes. I do that's right. That's right. I mean, I'm sitting in the middle of watching this and having like a little bit of this like kind of angry reaction, but then like that parallel process of like, oh wow, I've never seen anything like this, and I probably never will again. Like I've even even in seeing other Tarkovsky movies, I have never seen a movie quite like this. And whenever that happens, whenever I'm surprised by a movie, it kind of renews that love. A little bit. Whereas, like, sometimes when you watch, you know, a hundred new releases a year or whatever, you're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's did this thing. And I saw where, oh, that's what that director does. Oh, this actor's doing this interesting thing. But for a movie to be, like, so inscrutable and to just, like, to just dare you. It it feels like this movie is daring you to get up and walk out. Like, it's like, I don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about you. So, like... This isn't about you. This is about me figuring some shit out. You just happen to be in the same room. So good luck, buddy. Um, and I really kind of respect that. Um, and it's, I kind of look back and, you know, some of this is nostalgia for even an era that I wasn't alive in, but like the 1970s in film is like kind of seen as this era of like the best of the best. And a lot of it is because, you know, the studio system was dying. Right. Um, And you have these, like, brand new auteurs coming out and really pushing the envelope. And this is an example of that. And I, I, I wish that we had that right now. Right now it's harder to find. Like, they're out there. There are filmmakers trying different things. But in terms of, like, especially both you and I live in Kentucky. I just had 
a friend of mine on Twitter asked me, like, oh, have you seen this movie, Annette? It's a movie that just came out with uh, Adam Driver in it, and it's getting, like, a lot of buzz and, like, ooh, it's really yeah. risky and all this. And I was like, bitch, I live in Kentucky. <laughs> like, no, it's not here. Like, you live in L.A. So, like, certain areas mm-hmm. of the country, you know, you talked about access, and even with streaming, like, there are these great movies that come out, and i got to wait, like, 18 months until I can access it. You know, so it's like we're, so we're it's always behind. We're always behind. That's right. So with the like, you know, Disney, Marvel, you know, uh, uh, go ahead and say bullshit. Lucas, Dave. Lucas conglomerate. Yeah. Like it's most of the movies that come out are not going to take risks because especially now with the pandemic, like every bit of money they can wring out of these properties. That's what they want. Isn't so there a movie like with the, a shark in it, though, that just came out? Seems pretty risky. Yeah, yeah. Who's ever done that before? It's never, <laughs> never happened. Yeah, you're talking about the Suicide Squad, which is not a good movie. Um, Dave's ears so, are turning red. He's getting into it. Enjoy that. The you know, enjoy that on HBO Max if you must. Um, but like, I, I, I literally can't imagine a movie like this coming out now. I just can't imagine it. Um, so like, I look back on this and it's like it's so exciting, but it's also kind of depressing for where the film industry is now. I think mid to late the late seventies, there was like this really weird time where it's like, yeah, the blockbuster was just starting and there were these movies like Jaws, like being the original blockbuster. But then you have also, you know, directors like, you know, Coppola and Scorsese and De Palma, like really like using conventions that were accepted, but trying really interesting things. And I think we're kind of missing out on that right now. And again, we we do have the the ability to kind of look back upon that era instead of being in the in the moment. Yeah. I, there was there's a lot of bullshit in the seventies too. It wasn't just <laughs> there's a lot the of best movies ever. Big yeah. bad women behind cages and all this this uh this. No, I, I said there were bad things. I mean that oh. sounds great. That's <laughs> sorry. Dave has that on Criterion right next to I Spit on Your Grave. And, yeah. you know. There's a movie I don't think I'll rewatch. No. Mirror I will rewatch before I spit on There's a double grave. feature. For- oh, God. <laughs> the best of the best. The best of the, of the 70s. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so Mirror is a movie that just like I, I do think it's phenomenal. I think it's great. But I absolutely can understand the reaction that you had. Well, like in the middle of it, you're like, I fucking hate this. Yes. Like, I, I hate this so much. Um, and I think it says everything that we need to say about it that, like, you – not that you're walking away from this like, oh, this is the best movie I've ever seen. But you kind of – you could you could almost – like, I think if people listen to this episode, there's like an arc to it where you start off like, uh, <laughs> a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then you start talking about it and – not even just through what I what I have said, and I appreciate you saying that like that helped, but also I could just hear it as you were speaking about it. It is that kind of movie that like the more you talk about it, the more you come around on it, and the more you kind of realize. And it's such a and great film will do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether you enjoy it, like there are movies I don't enjoy that are great. Sure, um, and I might actually throw this in that category. Like this is not an enjoyable watch. I think you led with but that. There's something underneath about it. Yeah, I yeah. think you led with like this is. This, this isn't, I wouldn't call it fun, but it's not meant to be, right. excuse me, fun. It, it, and, and not to go too deep into the, uh, into our, or our shared professions here, but to me, it's very similar to sitting down with another colleague and mm. uh, going through consultation about a difficult client. And yeah. that in that, you know, treatment meeting or whatever, uh, things start to become 
at least a little bit clear about the picture of what you're working with. And I think that's kind of how this felt in, mm. in a lot of ways for me, which was, hey, I put my headset on and said, okay, Dave, explain this, make <laughs> sense of this, <laughs> Let's break this down out. for the bumpkin that I am. And one, you did that. But two, uh, again, it created for me a a stronger desire to go back and watch it for one um, with a more invested interest in, in what Tarkovsky is wanting to share with us and not being critical of how he's doing it. Right. right. Like that's, that's ultimately, yeah. you know, my, my general takeaway with this film. I, I won't say that it's a movie that I dislike at all. Um, mm-hmm. after really, really thinking about it, it's one that I, and maybe this is pretty, you know, self-deprecating here, uh, that I just have to build a stamina for. Like, if, if there are going to be more movies, if there were more movies like this, luckily there's, I guess, luckily or unluckily, this is the only one. But if if there were, um, I think for me, myself, or even folks who watch even less film than I do, it would be building the, the, the muscles for it. And I think yeah. that's really what it's about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like we kind of talked about, we talked about in a previous episode, I think when we were talking about Ron, the Kurosawa film, about like, how do you introduce people to foreign film and this 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 fucking ain't it like this is not like could you imagine like you've seen nothing but like you know you've watched tarantino you've watched the godfather you've watched some spike lee here's some tarkovsky enjoy Mm -hmm. bye like oh fuck movies this is horrible i can't i can't sit through this like it's you know it's it is a lot and i mean i started this episode saying like for me it's a lot and i've seen other tarkovsky movies i've seen a lot of a lot of international film. I've just seen a lot of movies in general. So I have a fair amount of stamina. Like actually Mike and I talked about this. I don't know if it was on an episode or like after an episode about how, you know, he has the ultimate stamina for a hangout movie. You could make the worst hangout movie ever made. And he would be like, yeah, this is great. And I tend to like, when it comes to art films, when it comes to like the internal journey, I have infinite fucking patience for that. Like I will just like, okay, I'm fucking there for it. And this movie, I will be honest, this movie is probably the strongest test of that. There were definitely moments, I would say about 40 minutes in, where I was just kind of like gripping, like, okay, okay, stick with it. I know that there's going to, and it's worth it. It's like, and I'm not going to, like, sometimes you want to talk about movies that people term as quote unquote homework, and you're like, no, it's not. It's actually, there's this fun thing and this. This is work. This absolutely is. Like, and I would not lie to listeners about this. Like, this is, this is hard. This is this is effortful, and you are going to feel every minute of this runtime. It's like you know a little bit under two hours, and you it's going to feel longer. Yeah, but there is like to me at least, there's a reward to it, and it's interesting because it's not a reward like oh when the credits roll you're going to feel rewarded, but like when you when you talk about I'm sweating it three when the credits later, come on, <laughs> yeah, how did I Ooh, make it through uh, this? Right. But like three or four days later, or when you talk about it with someone else who's seen it, or you read about, like I, it's one of those, like I haven't yet, because I wanted to like, I wanted to talk to you about it first before I really dove in. But it's one of those, like, I'm going to start looking up essays on Mirror, because I think like you could write tomes and tomes about this, because it is so, so vague in so many ways that you can put your own personal spin on it, and you're going to bring your own stuff to this. Um, and that is, frankly, that's what great art does. Mm. Is it? Is it not only has the, it, its moment in time, but it, it informs your life. Um, it informs your memories. It informs your future. And this is, 
this is what Mirror does. Um, so that's, you know, I guess my take on it is like, it's great. And I am, even in, even if it's in a minor way, I'm changed after watching Tarkovsky movies. And that is kind of something that has been um, consistent throughout all three of the movies that I've watched from Tarkovsky. It's interesting because I, I do think this movie is great, but like usually I, we end these episodes and I'm like, you should watch it. And I don't know that that is something that I would say for everybody. Mm. Like if you are if you are interested in the psyche, if you are interested in memory, if you are interested in the ways that film can be different than what you're used to, then yes, I would recommend this. But if you are just looking for a movie to entertain you. Stay, stay far, far away from there. <laughs> if, if, uh, let's see, if you've not seen very many films and you're saying, I want to really get into this, this isn't the way to start. No, no. I mean, and if you're interested in Tarkovsky, start with Solaris. Yeah. You know, and honestly, if you are interested in Tarkovsky and you're kind of intimidated by it, which is a valid reaction, I would say watch the Soderbergh Solaris. It's way more accessible and then go to the Tarkovsky one, and then you can kind of piece things together, and then you can move forward from there. That would be my advice. But if you're into, like, art films, then you can just start with straight-up Tarkovsky, start up with Solaris, and kind of work your way through. There's there's plenty of there's plenty of good stuff, and it's not impossible. It just takes a little bit of work. It does make me want to watch Stalker. Okay. I mean, it really does. So. Oh, phenomenal. I wish we got we to put that on some list somewhere for some other podcast so I can make you watch it, because it's... <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well this is Dave's it. way of but getting Jared, me to do another podcast with him. That's right. That's right. There's always another. There's always another. Uh, so, Derek, um, what's the next? What are you going to have me watch? Is it is it something like this? Is it something fun? Is it something in between? What's what's next? Man, I've got a I got a bad memory, Dave. Wait a minute. Oh yes, Bottle Rocket, the great American film. Very. Uh, uh, easy to follow throughout. Everything makes sense. You don't have any questions. Everything's explained to you yeah. the way we need okay. here in America. Good, so. good, because I need I need mm. a little bit of a like a palate cleanser after Tarkovsky. <laughs> well, very similar similar to Mirror. Sure. This uh, the movie Bottle Rocket is the story of Dave's life in the nineties. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> I don't know. How I feel about that. Uh, but in the meantime, if you would like to follow us on Twitter. Um, we are at Your List Pod, and if you'd for some reason like to tag Derek in things so he's on Twitter more, you can uh, find him at Day Stew, and I'm at Darn That Dave. Uh, and feel free to add us and tell us what you think of the show, uh, what movies are on your list. Um, you can find our list on our letterbox pages. Uh, you can tell us what you're looking forward to. So we look forward to hearing from you, and we will be back on our next episode with Wes Anderson's Bottle Rock. All right, that went way better than I expected. Right? <laughs> like, way, way, like I was, I was talking to Tessa, and I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna fucking do this. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna talk about this because uh, I can't even talk about it to myself. <laughs>